0: Alrighty, so lesson five is entitled "Freedom Through Blood and Water." We're going to be covering Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 through 15:21. So, a few few chapters here, not a not necessarily a huge chunk of the book, but there's a lot happening here because of the typology of what's happening with this tenth and this final plague, which is the Passover. Uh, this final strike, this blow. Remember, that's what plague plague in Greek means. It's a strike. It's a blow against Egypt. So we're gonna be seeing that and then as they travel then uh, through the waters of the Red Sea, lots of typology to talk about. So uh, let's, just, let's just jump in. So we left off with the nine plagues last lesson and we saw It is basically the war with Egypt, right? It's God versus Egypt and God has nine, Egypt has zero. It's like a shutout going on. There's no way Egypt can stand against the one true God, Yahweh, he is who he is. Uh, the, The true God who exists from the beginning of time and will always exist, who brings all of creation into existence from nothing, versus these pathetic false pagan gods who are nothing but creatures, right? So it's been a pretty remarkable contest so far, as you would expect, Yahweh is winning. Egyptians didn't expect that, but as you saw, little by little, they're rendered more and more impotent, and they're beginning to yadah they're beginning to know that God is the one true God. So we saw all of that in the last lesson, and now we're picking up here with chapter 12. And as a matter of fact here, of course, Uh, We had in chapter 11. If you flip back in your Bibles to chapter 11, just one chapter here, remember that there was this final warning. God told Moses to warn Pharaoh there is one more plague yet to come. And this is the worst of all the plagues. The 10th and the final plague is the worst. So we want to understand really quickly the rationale behind this 10th plague because a lot of people will say, uh, you know, kind of not knowing the full picture, not knowing the literary structure, not knowing the theological. Background and undertones going on here. They're gonna say, This is ridiculous. How could God kill all the firstborn sons of Egypt, right? What kind of God can do that? So let's look here, Roman numeral one, at the rationale behind this 10th plague. So, number one here, letter A, I suppose you could say, Number 10, why 10 plagues? We said this before. 10 is the number of completion, perfection, totality. So, this 10th plague brings about the definitive, complete, total judgment and victory upon the Egyptians, right? Egypt is defeated completely and totally. They are run into the ground. And it is all Pharaoh's fault. We talked about the mystery of his hardened heart in the last lesson. So, it, there's this perfect accord with his free will and God's providence. But he is not a puppet, he is a free free agent, a free moral agent who has been resisting God and fighting against him this entire time, even when his own servants say, hey, pff, uncle, uncle, right? We give up. We give up. And let them go. So this is a complete and total victory over Egypt. So that's the first little aspect here about the 10th plague. Uh, this is the 10th and the final one, the crescendo, right? It is the, the worst plague of all of them. Now, Pharaoh has hardened his heart. He's re- refused to repent these, these nine times. He's passed nine times here with the previous nine plagues. Now, therefore, this 10th plague is going to be leveled against him. This is judgment against him and his house for a number of reasons. One, because he refused to deal rightly with God's firstborn son by letting Israel go avod God, right? So remember, if you go back, let's just flip back in the Bible here to chapter 4, verse 22. And thus you shall say to Pharaoh, uh, Israel is my firstborn son. And I say to you, let my son go that he may avod me. If you refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay your firstborn son. So at the very beginning of all of this, God said, I'm warning you, right? And, and again, Pharaoh's hardened heart. In the beginning, he said, I do not die. I do not know who this God is. He thinks he's superior to God because he has enslaved this God's people, right? So we talked about all of that. So God warned him, you're not letting my firstborn son go to serve me. Then your firstborn son must also suffer, okay? Number two, Pharaoh was considered divine, He was divine, but his heir was divine as well. What that means, therefore, is that he is the last God against whom judgment must be rendered. He is the one who is seen as to hold everything in place. Pharaoh, the great Pharaoh, was the kind of the epicenter of all of Egyptian life and all of Egyptian worship here. So judgment must be rendered against him and his heir. And in reality, this is actually the worst situation because in the first nine plagues, we are bringing judgment against all the, you know, Hecht and Ra and uh, Apis and all of these other different gods. They're animals, right? There are these gods and represent, represented by these animals. But Pharaoh is the is the worst sin because he's just a man. He should know better, right? Pharaoh is taking worship to himself by his people, allowing his people to worship him and his firstborn son as his heir, that is the epitome of sinfulness and pride and rebellion against God. So he should have humbled himself, but he didn't humble himself. And so because his sin is the worst by taking worship to himself, that means therefore that he has to face judgment. And then next, number three, talking about his heir, Killing Egypt's firstborn son, starting with Pharaoh's heir, and then, of course, all the firstborn sons throughout all the land is going to shut down their pagan worship because priesthood was uh, observed by fathers and firstborn sons here. So if the firstborn sons are dead, that means nobody can worship. That begins with Pharaoh's son, right? Because Pharaoh's divine cult is shut down completely, and that's going to reverberate all the way all throughout all the land of Egypt here. So this is actually very important because if they would not let Israel go worship God, therefore now God is going to shut down their worship. They won't even be able to worship their pagan gods. Okay. So for all of these reasons here, it makes total sense that judgment must hit Pharaoh himself personally and all of Egypt. Well, with that point, people will say, well, why all of Egypt? Why not just kill Pharaoh's firstborn son? That seems fair, right? Okay, Pharaoh considers himself to be divine. His heir is divine. And they're going to shut down the, the Egyptian pagan worship here. Okay, I get that. But why all of Egypt? That's so cruel of God. Well, keep in mind, God is just. God is fair. And God is also merciful. Now, all of Egypt is punished, why? Because the, all of Egypt, the whole nation, was guilty of infanticide. Flip back to Exodus chapter 122. The previous Pharaoh, you know, however many uh, you know, decades or a couple hundred years, we don't know exactly how, how, at what point Egypt enslaved Israel, but the previous Pharaoh, when we open up the book uh, of Exodus here, remember he tried to kill all of the Hebrew boys. Uh, Shipra and Pua, these, these fantastic, I, I call them, the patron saints of midwifery here, uh, they, of course, ob, uh, observe natural law. They're not going to kill an in innocence, And so they save all the boys. And so what Pharaoh does in verse 22 is he commanded all of his people, every son that is born of the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile. This is important. All of Egypt is guilty. It is a false narrative when the secular world out there, like the history channels of the world out there say that God is evil and God is really the murderer here by killing all the firstborn sons. The reality is Egypt is guilty, but in God's mercy, God only killed the firstborn son and didn't kill all of the sons of Egypt when he totally could have because Egypt didn't kill just the firstborn sons of Israel. Egypt killed all the Israel's Hebrews boys, right? So there's justice and there's mercy, but the rationale behind the firstborn son, of course, is everything that we just discussed with the the Egyptian cult, the pagan idolatry that he's shutting down here, okay? All right, one last point here, Uh, letter D in your notes. This is the first time in all of the plagues that Israel must cooperate with God. So if you remember, all nine plagues for the first three, Israel uh, suffers the plagues as well. But then plagues four onward, Israel is spared from those punishments. And we talked about that in the previous lesson. But now for the first time, Israel must cooperate with God. And that's important because now this is a deciding point right it's a fork in the road it is a public renunciation of Egypt's gods if you go back to Exodus chapter 8 verse 26 let me just flip here myself in Exodus 8 26 if you remember after the fourth plague after Pharaoh's trying to compromise with God Moses says um, and Pharaoh says you know go sacrifice within the land Moses says we can't do that Because if we sacrifice to Yahweh our God offerings abominable to the Egyptians, if we sacrifice offerings abominable to the Egyptians before their eyes, will they not stone us? We must go three days' journey. That's all verses 26 to 27. So we talked about how they're going to be sacrificing these animals that the Egyptians worshipped. And they can't do that within the land, otherwise Egypt is going to just rise up and stone them and kill them. They're just not going to put up with that kind of stuff. Like you just don't walk into, you know, India, and just start, you know, sla- slaughtering c- the cows that are wandering the streets. You'd, you'd get stoned. You'd get killed. So that's what's going on here. Now, when they're sacrificing the sheep, Egypt worshipped the sheep. So when you sacrifice the sheep and you slay, you slay it, and you then you spread the blood all over the doorpost you're cutting ties with Egypt, right? You're not going back anymore. You are publicly renouncing Egypt's gods and you are renouncing ties with Egypt by sacrificing, so to speak, within the land. So you have to decide, are you with God or are you without God? If you're with God and you want your firstborn son to live, you better follow through with this. If you kind of want to stay back with Egypt and you kind of don't want to leave, well then, okay, you can make your choice. So who are you going to choose to serve? That's the theme the whole time here. Who are you going to avod? Are you going to Avad God or are you going to Avad Pharaoh in Egypt? Remember, Avad is worship, service, okay? Who are you going to uh, throw your lot in with, okay? So all of that is the rationale behind the 10th plague and it makes perfect sense. So there's a reason behind everything. God is not some random, arbitrary, vindictive, wrathful God of the Old Testament and you know, all that goes away with Jesus. No, it all has a very logical, theological, and really narrative connection here that makes perfect sense. So all of this is to definitively strike down Egypt's false pagan worship, hitting Pharaoh himself and his, and his, and his uh, household, okay? Alrighty, so with that then, we get into the actual text of chapter 12.